Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hey, so before I get started with today's episode, I wanted to get something on your radar. My online signature training program, Lift and Hit, is going to be starting again on January 3rd. Now, normally I don't open registration for this program until December, but because my birthday lands on Thanksgiving this year, I decided to do a birthday blowout sale for that weekend only. So that weekend only, it's going to be super discounted. This program was amazing last year. So many great physical transformations came from it, and I don't want you guys to miss out. So if you're not on my email list, if you don't get emails from me regularly now, shoot me a DM, Instagram, Facebook. You can shoot me an email, nina at fit-with-nina.com. I know that's a mouthful. Just let me know you want in not necessarily on the program, but just to get on my email list so that I make sure you get all those details and don't miss out on the blowout sale. All right, see you soon. On today's episode of Making Fit Work, I'm chatting with my friend and colleague, Elise Zirkoff. Elise has been working in the fitness and health profession for 20 years and focuses on macronutrition and the female metabolism. She is also a personal trainer, college instructor, and mom of three. Elise is also a type 1 diabetes mentor and ambassador and full-time pancreas to her son with type 1. Let's dive in. Hey, Elise. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. I truly enjoy you taking the time out of your day to be here. Thanks, Nina. Hi. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How are things going your way? I mean, you're up in the north, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, Toronto, Canada, and I'm um, like a good Torontonian. We complain about weather every day, all day. So, uh, you know, that's what we do up here between hockey, basketball, and complaining about the weather. But everything's good. Can't complain. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, listen, we're in the Northeast, so it's the same. When it's the summer, it's too hot. And in the winter, it is too damn cold. It's so true, right? I don't know why we can't just have like beautiful, consistent weather, but uh, that's what happens. All right, so I wanted to have you on the podcast today because I really wanted someone who I knew and felt like was an expert when it comes to macro counting, right? So I know I've had a lot of clients ask me about this. So I wanted to have you in as like my macro counting expert, really kind of unpacking what it means, how to do it, who's it for and what can people expect as far as how their body's going to feel, the type of results they'll get with macro counting and all that stuff. So is that good if we start to dive in? Yeah, let's just get right into it. So let me just explain because I'm sure some people are like, what the heck are macros? So yeah, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Start by telling us a little something about you, Elise, your backgrounds, your experience. Yeah, that's a good idea, right? Like, who the heck am I? (laughs) 
So I have been working in the fitness and wellness space for about 20 years now. I have a degree in kinesiology and health sciences, and I basically feel like my entire career, I've always been thinking like, well, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? But I always knew and still know that I just love being in the wellness field. I love it. I eat, sleep, and breathe it myself. I started off in corporate fitness and wellness actually for the first 14 years, and then I transitioned on my own doing personal training and teaching fitness classes. So I basically juggled motherhood. I've got three kids, you know, with work and trying to fit everything in and make it work around my schedule. And so I basically worked one on one for the last, you know, I guess like six, seven years ish. And I started noticing that as I was aging and as my clients were aging, it was like we were doing everything like well and we were working really hard and just weren't seeing results. And I started to kind of get into this like, what am I missing? What is the missing piece here? And it really, the catalyst for me, and I always say this, I mean, we can get into this another time, I'm sure, because I could talk about this topic forever, but my youngest son, Owen, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of two. And this was the point in my career that everything kind of changed for me and shifted and my world kind of imploded a little bit. And I had to learn everything about blood sugars and insulin and how foods affect the body, how stress affects the body and I had to do it very, very quickly. And like in learning this and myself studied this, I was like, I knew it. I knew there was more to this than just food, right? Because here he is, my little baby, two years old, practically starving to death because his body just can't absorb and use any insulin. And he's taken in probably one to 2000 calories a day. He's just starving. And he is like just wasting away skin and bones here. So this is what really got me into understanding, okay, wait, there's, there's, definitely something about food and calories, but there's got to be something greater when it comes to hormones and the actual physiology of each unique body. And so from that point on, I started really using blood sugar management with myself, with my other kids, um, and with my clients. And I started to see that now we were getting results. And that's what kind of threw me into this world of macro counting and um, macro coaching and nutrition coaching and just really understanding that every individual is extremely unique with their background information that the body is feeding them. So that's kind of how I got into really niching down into this world of macros. And I say it like one step further, where I also specialize in the female metabolism. So it's like macros with metabolism, understanding that there's this truly deep hormonal metabolic component behind it that needs to work in like perfect harmony in order to see true results. And that way we're working, as I say, much smarter, not necessarily harder. We get really, really strategic when we work with macros. When you say results, right, like that word can be really so broad. What are we thinking about here? Are we talking about weight loss results? Are we talking about energy? Are we talking about body fat composition? What is your typical client? What were they looking for? Or even you at the time, what were you looking for that you weren't quite getting from your current program? That's a great question. So I would say that it's kind of like half and half. For me, it was definitely reducing body fat. It felt like I was working out like a machine in the gym and I was teaching classes and I was training clients. And I was like, 
I work too hard to not have the results I want, meaning I didn't look cut. I didn't look lean. And I would say that like maybe 50, 60% of my clients come to me where they're in the same category where they're like, I'm doing everything right and it's not working. I don't look any tone fit lean look. And so while most of my clients will originally say, I want fat loss, I want a weight loss, I want to tone in, tone down. What they're really saying is I want to look fit. I want to look strong. I want to look like what I do in the gym shows on my body. And then I do have the other like 40%, 30 to 40% of clients who come to me who really do want fat loss, who want anywhere from that 50 to 80 to 100 pound where they need to really take off some weight for life and for function. And I will say that a lot of my clients will experience the surge of energy and feeling really good and restoration of libido, decreasing of craving. So there are those clients that come to me already with a lower body weight looking to kind of lean out and feel quote unquote human again, where they say, you know, for the last like 15 years, I've been raising my kids. I've been working nonstop. I'm exhausted. I don't even recognize myself inside or out anymore. So that is what I would say the majority come to me with is that like boost of energy and feeling like themselves and then looking fit. So then when you say you started to explore blood sugar management, what does that mean? Is that where the macros are coming in for you? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so in my world of diabetes, and when I talk to other, you know, parents of kids with type one, we throw terms around very easily. We throw around like basal insulin, we throw around like insulin to carb ratios, and we kind of are in this world of high tech understanding blood sugar ninja type talk. When I go into gen pop talking about blood sugars, what I really mean is let's stabilize energy. So anytime you eat food, and most people will say it's carbohydrates, although again, ninja level understanding blood sugars is actually everything affects your blood sugars. It's just the rate at which it does. But if someone, let's say, has a meal of just carbohydrates, their blood sugars will rise. Insulin will surge to come and bring those blood sugars down. And then we think all is well and dandy. However, if it's a high spike in your blood sugar, you're going to have a higher surge of insulin and a deeper crash of blood sugars after, which leads to fatigue, exhaustion, an increase in cravings, and an increase in hunger. So the goal really is to have a very small spike and drop of blood sugars throughout your day. So when we talk about blood sugar management, we really talk about eating foods throughout the day that are going to make sure that blood sugars are stable. And this goes for general health as well. I mean, this is how I I really feed my kids. My kids roll their eyes at me and they're like, can I have this, you know, whatever it is, apple, cookie, cracker, and, and I and they roll their eyes and they're like, I'll have it with some peanut butter or I'll have it with, you know, a piece of turkey. So they understand already kind of how to combine foods to stabilize that blood sugar. But people know exactly what it means when I say that blood sugar crash. So that is like they have, this is what I, I will typically see. I eat really healthy and I don't understand. And they have, let's say, fruit in the morning and then toast and then a yogurt mid-morning and then they have a salad and by afternoon they are exhausted and starving and when I look into their diet I'm like well all you've eaten are carbs and yes there's some great food suggestions in there great fruit you know packed with lots of fiber micronutrients and stuff but not enough to stabilize blood sugar so they're feeding off fruit thinking that they're doing you know the healthy quote-unquote thing when really at the end of the day 
their blood sugars are up and down like crazy. Their energy levels are not stable and they're not getting the fat loss that they want. So this is where macro counting is extremely beneficial. I find it kind of merges into that world of blood sugar stabilization, which is really the end result, in my opinion, to all macro counting and to all nutrition. Big question here because I know a lot of people have probably heard about macro counting, saw it on the internet. Yeah. What is the difference between macro counting? I mean, obviously I know, but like really break it down and it, you kind of just did, but what is the difference between macro counting and calorie counting, right? Because yeah. someone's going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already track Elise, right? Yeah. But I think you actually probably just explained it when you said, Yes, they're eating all these somewhat healthy foods, right? Fruit, yogurts, great stuff, but they're not really seeing what those calories mean, right? Exactly. And so that is the main difference. When we count calories, we are just counting the units of energy from food. So let's say, hypothetically speaking, I need 2,000 calories to maintain my body. And I do think it's important everybody knows exactly what their breakdown is of how much food they should be taking in to maintain, not necessarily to lose, but to maintain. So let's just say, hypothetically, I need 2,000 calories. I can be fueling up those 2,000 calories with fruit for breakfast, a muffin mid-morning with a coffee and cream. I could have a salad with maybe some strawberries and cheese for lunch. And I could have maybe a steak for dinner. And then I can have donuts in the afternoon. And then I'm craving lots of foods because I didn't eat enough. So I might be having some chips and chocolate. And at night, I'm opening up the bottle of wine. And I'm going to have some cake with that. So by the end of the day, I fit 2,000 calories. Let's just say hypothetically speaking. But what I've done is I've basically taken those calories. And I haven't decided where those calories are coming from. I wasn't strategic in where those calories are coming from. So based on the choices I made... That influences where my next meal calories are coming from. So meals don't happen independently of each other. So what I have for breakfast is going to affect what and how I lunch and snack for the rest of the day based on my blood sugar. So with macro counting, we go one level up. We take into account calories, but then we break down where exactly should those calories come from? How many grams should come from, and macronutrients, just to backtrack here, are your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. So when I say 2,000 calories, I might see people having a 60%, 70% you know, diet of carbohydrates and maybe 10% of protein. And so we might flip that around and say, all right, based on your physiology and where you are hormonally, metabolically right now, let's try this ratio. Let's try this many grams of protein. Let's try this many grams of carbs and let's see how we do. And miraculous things happen. Within one week, I have generally curbed, I'd say 95% of my clients' cravings based on that alone. And most of my clients come to me with like a strong understanding of calorie counting. Most of them have done Weight Watchers and they know like the point system, but they kind of get it with the calories. And they're used to kind of starting their day off really small calorically and then adding it as the day goes on just in case they want something later in the day. With macro counting, we get way more strategic. And I will say, I want about 500 calories off the bat at breakfast, but I want it from these sources. And then right away they get into it and they know, they understand they increase their protein, they increase their fat, they balance their carbohydrates. And then midday, this miraculous thing happens where they say to me, I wasn't even craving anything. And then that translates into their blood sugars were very stable. And with stable blood sugars, we see less 
or no craving. So that's the main difference between calorie counting and macro counting. Again, macro counting, we're getting strategic of where those calories come from. Because in reality, you could go to like, you know, the donut shop and get 2000 calories worth of donuts all day. That's not going to get you results. We all know that. So that's the main difference. I think that's important to know. You're absolutely on point. When it comes to tracking calories, you can very much go get all of your calories from fast food and still feel like crap. And if you're balancing your energy through macros, obviously you're going to feel way different. So with macro counting, how does someone go about figuring out truly where they need to be for protein, carbs, fats? Yeah. Because I know I've seen it personally, and I used to do macro counting for a long time. Like, are there generic calculators that people can use? How accurate do you think some of that stuff is for like general population? Someone going, okay, let me give this a shot. That's a good question. Because I've seen a lot of clients come to me where they set their own macros, and I'm like, what the heck is this? Where where did you get this information? You know, you got to be careful. It's like when you talk to your doctor and the doctor says to you, you know, you've got high cholesterol. Don't Google it, right? I will tell my clients, please don't go on the internet and like go ahead and calculate your own macros because you're not a macro expert and neither is that source of what you're playing into. However, there are really great macro or BMR calculators out there that can help get you some information. But with macro counting, like when you work with a coach, the difference is like we're going to be looking at not just you know, what your macros are based on your height and age and weight. And that's what most cal- online calculators do. But I always say macros is more than that. It's not just numbers. It's 80% science. Yes, that's why I love it. But it's also 20% lifestyle and flexibility. So when I work with clients, I take into account their personal preference. I take into account their hormonal levels. Are they peri, post, or, or, or um, in menopause? Uh, is there traces of PCOS, hypothyroidism? any underlying autoimmune or conditions? Do they love their wine? Do they love their their fats? Like I have clients who come to me and they have a hard time eating carbs, not because they're trying to go low carbs, but they just love a diet high in fat. And opposite, I have clients who love a diet high in carbs. So when I set a macros for clients, I really do take into account, obviously their physiology, where they need to be to see results of what they want, but also to have that flexibility and lifestyle please come in. Because I know for me, for example, like if someone said to me, Elise, you know, if you want to lose weight, you want to cut, you want to like lean out of it, you got to like avoid French fries and chips. I'd be like, pardon <laughs> I would walk right out. So for me and my clients, that at least the clients come to me, we are not looking at being restrictive in any way, but we also do have to make some hard choices. So I can't say, you know, well, I'm going to have wine and I'm going to have fries and I'm going to have chocolate. Like you kind of have to pick it, right? You can't have everything if you want to have results going in the right direction. So I will take into account, for example, me, that I do enjoy having French fries when I go to a restaurant. I do enjoy having, you know, a glass of alcohol with my husband every now and then. So that is the main difference. However, you can find information online. I have a wonderful free resource that your listeners are more than welcome to download uh, it's a how-to macro guide. It will basically have you set up your macros based on how I set it up for my clients all for free. So if you're really interested in like, yes, I want to know how many macros should I be having now in maintenance? How many should I be having if I want to like lose weight? Then I've created a guide based on my likings and where I see success. Awesome. Yeah. What would you say to the person who 
say they want to get started with macro counting, but then they go ahead and they plug their numbers into like your guide, your how to macro guide. And then it's giving them these numbers that they are just not used to seeing, right? Higher grams of protein, higher grams of carbs than they're used to intaking with clients tend to get like a, oh shit, are you serious response? Yeah, sometimes they're like, are you kidding me, Elise? Like, you don't need how much protein? And so here's what I suggest. I always meet my clients where they're at. If I have clients coming to me who are like, they're eating 130, 140 grams of protein. So I am like, I don't even have to tell them to eat their protein. And then I have clients who come to me and they're eating 30 grams of protein. And I might set their protein, let's just say, to 120 grams per day. Well, jumping from 30 to 120, it's a pretty high jump. It's very defeating. Yeah, that's dramatic. It's damn near impossible, right? So I will say to them, let's go slow. This is not about extremes. This is about a lifestyle, making healthy choices every day to stabilize your blood sugars, to have energy and the results that you want. So I will say a good place to start is anywhere from 0.8 to, let's say, one gram of protein per body weight. But even still, that's a lot for some people. So I will say if someone is starting at, let's say, 30 or anywhere under 60 grams of protein, I will just say add, aim for 20 more grams of protein. Just aim for 20 more grams. So if you're at 40, aim for 60. If you're at 60, aim for 80 and start there. Once that becomes a lot more manageable and you're like, have two eggs in the morning and I add some egg whites, I've hit it. Okay. And now, like, you know, now all of a sudden hitting 60 or 80 grams isn't so hard. And then I'll say, great. Add 20 more. And the goal is to really get to 100 grams per day. And then once they hit 100 grams per day, that's when I'll say, go ahead and plug in the macros to whatever tracker you're using, fitness pal or whatever, then plug it in so that you see that it's 120 grams, 140 grams, whatever it is based on your goals in your body. Then it's like less of a jump. And the same thing is true with like you know, fats and carbohydrates i would say that although i would say like most people don't have as hard a time putting their carbohydrates and fats as they do their protein and do you find because i know i find this when i'm working with clients on nutrition that some people truly do better on a nutrition plan that is either one a little higher in carbs or a little higher in fats or do you find most people do better with like a moderation of both yeah, that's a really good question. I guess because I really work with a very specific demographic, most of my clients are in perimenopause or postmenopause. I also deal with a lot of clients, like I said, with PCOS, hypothyroidism. So in this category of women specifically, they are more insulin resistant. And so they tend to do better with less carbohydrates and more fats and proteins. And by less carbohydrates, I under no circumstances mean low carbs. It's just less. So again, think of that typical woman coming to me eating, you know, fruit for breakfast, yogurt, toast. They don't realize that that is all basically carbohydrate based. And I get a lot of talk about from people where they're like, well, it's fruit. Fruit is good. They're like, fruit is great, but sugar is sugar. And I can tell you that because when I manage my son's blood sugars, it doesn't matter if he's having an apple or a candy, we're going to see a blood sugar spike. So I need to give the same amount of insulin. So yes, we want fruit because we want those micronutrients and fibers, absolutely. But let's not forget the fact that at the end of the day, we need to have stable blood sugars for overall health, for overall energy, and for getting the results that we want. So I would say that most of my clients, to circle back, will do better with a higher fat protein. However, 
I do have some clients who are, you know, in their 40s, 50s, and they do very well. In fact, they, they do great with a higher amount of carbohydrates and a lower amount of fat. We do need to have a certain amount in order for, like, hormonal health and stuff. So I would say never go below 60 grams of fat per day. And it also, of course, depends on their activity level, right? If I have someone who's training really hard, they're going to need those carbohydrates and they're going to do really well with those carbohydrates versus someone who maybe isn't as active in the gym or the lifting then, you know, we don't have to go as heavy in carbohydrates. So, you know, it really depends. It's very much multi Well, and I love that you're saying it depends because I know for me, what I find is so confusing for clients is that there's all these general statements out there on the internet, right? Uh-huh. High fat, no carb, eat your carbs, you need the greens. Keto, fasting, I know. Fasting, don't fast. Yeah. More protein, not too much protein, eat your veggies. And it's like, I totally get why that's so confusing. Yeah. And I know for me personally, it's like everybody is so individual that, like, yes, in general, we don't want them to like grab onto a diet plan. And that's why I wanted to have you on to talk about macros because that's what you're really dialing down and just talking about what works for that individual person. Yeah, you know, I, I'll say, like, macro counting isn't sexy. It's just not sexy. It's not as sexy as intermittent fasting and the keto and the whole 30. It's not sexy. Meaning you're not going to get these blown-out-of-the-water results off the bat. It's just not how it works because we're strategic and we want fat loss. We don't want muscle loss. We don't want water loss. We just want fat loss. And so that scale doesn't move as fast in the beginning. It just takes a little bit longer to come off. But when they do... They don't come back on because clients, by this point, they get it. They feel so good. And they say to me, I love the way I feel. I usually hear this first. I love the way I feel. I just wish the scale would change. Right. And I say, it will, it will. And it does. And by the end of it, they know how to maintain it because they've practiced maintenance along the way. And, you know, I get it all the time when people say to me, my friend lost 100 pounds intermittent fasting, but I tried it. Like, I've done intermittent fasting. I've gained weight every single time. I, my body, my physiology is horrible with fasting. And I, I, like, I use the analogy with genes, right? You know, you get it. Like, we're moms, and so you think that mom genes would do really well with us. But I got to say, I've tried mom genes on now. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how many times. I've got a 13-year-old daughter who basically thinks I'm the biggest loser because I still like skinny jeans. <laughs> so I go to the store, and I try all these, like, mom genes, and I'm like, these look so dumb on me. If there was ever a gene that was like, what genes can look the most unflattering and horrible on the least, it would be mom genes. Right? And that's like what I consider like the fad diet. So people are like trying to put themselves into these long genes, trying to like make themselves happy in it. But really they're like, this isn't working for me. Right. No, it's not working for them. But because everybody else is doing it, right. you know, they feel the need where I'm like, you know what? Like screw this. I'm putting on my skinny jeans and I'm walking out because this is what suits my body and my lifestyle better. <laughs> Do you consider macro counting to be like a lifestyle? Something like this is what I do. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, everybody does not because everybody eats food. And so it's not like people say to me, oh, like I tried macros, it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense because have you never tried carbs, fats, and proteins? Like everything you eat are macros, except for alcohol. Everything that you're eating in your day is a form of macronutrient. And so it's just about balancing the right ones for you. So it is a lifestyle. Now, does that mean you have to track and count forever? Absolutely not. Once we learn what your unique physiology thrives off of. You know, what's going to keep your hunger and your energy and your cravings in check? What's going to help improve your libido and your sleep and keep your mood stable? People get it. They don't need to track it. Right. We 
we flip into intuitive macros and I say no one ever leaves a macro counting and tracking, they get it. They know what breakfast needs to look like in order to be stable throughout the day. They know if they have this kind of lunch, they're going to be good for the afternoon. They're not going to have these cravings. They know what dinners are going to keep them satiated without feeling the need to like kind of go into the pantry. And they also know how to handle desserts and wine, alcohol. They know how to thrive off that because they've practiced it. So it, it does become a lifestyle, although the, the tracking and counting part is definitely not part of the long-term And how long do you typically see that it takes for someone to track all their macros to really kind of get it, understand it, and feel like they no longer have to use the calculator and it just becomes more intuitive for them? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's a real magic for me in the four-month period. I used to have a three-month minimum commitment when clients signed up with me at the very beginning when I started. And I found that by the end of the third month, really magic was starting to happen. Clients were, they were dialing in, they got it, they'd say to me, at least I, I totally get this, the scale would be moving, inches would be flying, and then we'd be wrapping up our program together. And so then I extended my commitment to four months because I found that at the end of the four months, most of my clients have got it. They've said, I get it, I get it, right. I understand this makes sense for me. There's a lot of unlearning that happens at the beginning, especially if the client's coming from like the Weight Watchers scene, or the keto scene, and we have to take time to kind of get them unlearning those patterns that they've learned and get them, especially with my Weight Watchers crew, they are legitimately terrified to eat food in the morning because what if they're hungry later? And that's, I think, a true fault of Weight Watchers where it has them save the points if needed for this or that just in case. And I always say, dude, if you're hungry at the end of the day and you've eaten all your macros, like go ahead and have 100 and 200 calories left. Like there is this very powerful thing that happens, which is called hunger. And we want you to listen to it. So, I, you know, when I give my clients permission to do that, they kind of, they like release their heart a little bit and then they realize they can power off their breakfast. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you made the point to say that this is not about saving calories for the end of the day or yeah. saving your macros. If anything, what I noticed when I was doing macro counting, this was long time ago for me, but again, kind of same thing. I did it for so long. I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I know how many grams of protein are in certain amounts of animal-based proteins or my powders and all that stuff. If I really need to, can just kind of add it up in my head. Whereas I found with macro counting, if anything, I'm like, oh, it's the end of the day. Maybe I could have some extra protein or still need another 10 grams or something. So like I'll have a shake or some yogurt or something at the end of the day wanting to fill it versus yeah or just like power up dinner right yeah again i feel like i have some clients who've never been on a diet before that's far few that i see but it does happen and they are off the bat ready to go like i have a client of mine she's an accountant she's a numbers person right she never dieted before gained quite a bit of weight over covid and came to me and we just like hit the ground running and she she's like a month five i guess now and she's about 20 pounds down wow and she's like the smallest she's been and she's like this is incredible she's like i get this i love the way i feel i don't even really want alcohol in the same capacity i had before i, I can't believe that all i had to do is increase my protein I, she, the fact that she doesn't have these cravings she said is like life-changing for her so you know she's going to be flipping into intuitive macro soon or she won't be tracking at all she pretty much doesn't need to but she knows numbers but she's an accountant it like makes sense for her and there's some people who 
love tracking, right? And, and power to them. Tracking for a lot of people can be exhausting yep. and very fatiguing at times. And so I get that. But I also, I want to validate the fact that you have to earn your intuition. You can't just say, I think I'm going to have about this much. Like, you got to get strategic. You have to know it first. So there, there's a little bit of growing pains there. You have to get into it and accept the fact that we're going to be measuring, we're going to be tracking just so we can get accurate. It doesn't have to be every day. There are lots of ways that we can make tracking manageable. But, you know, the goal is to get to intuitive macros, which we can't get to until we learn. Elise, thank you so much for being on this with me today. I'm so happy we were able to make it work. Oh, my gosh. I know. This is so funny. Now, thank you so much for having me. Real quick, I'm going to add it to the show notes, but if you don't mind dropping, where can people find you if they have questions specifically about macro counting, if they want to download your how-to guide, where do they find that? Best place to find me on social is on Instagram. My handle is at FunctionallyFitWithElise, and you can go into my bio, uh, link tree set up, and on there is my how-to macro guide. You can download it for free. I have a guide on how to calculate, set, and track your macros. And it is basically meant for that beginner. So if you're someone who has never, ever dived into the world of macros, I will explain what they are. I will explain what's in each carb, fat, protein in terms of grams and calories. I'll talk about alcohol, talk about fiber and water. I throw a little bit of metabolism into the mix as well, and then get right into setting your macros, tracking them. Basic, if you want it for your maintenance or you want it for, you know, try cut yourself, which you can absolutely do based on that guide. So you can just go right to my Instagram. And if you have any questions, just anytime shoot me a DM. I'm, I'm pretty available. That's awesome. I really appreciate that, Elise. Thanks so much again. We will chat soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Nina. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fit with underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fit with underscore Nina, or you can join my private community on Facebook called making fit work and drop topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.